Thank you for listening to this podcast from TheUnheardNerd.com. If you like what you hear, please consider liking, sharing, reviewing, and subscribing on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or your podcast feed of choice, and help us to keep creating and improving our content. Thank you. Oh, hail Jeffy Jeff. listening to Jump the Shark. It's the pop culture podcast from the unheardnerd.com. My name is Will and that is a nine letter score in Scrabble. With me is a far better 16 letter score. It's John. How are you doing, John? I'm good, thanks. How are you? That was a prepared introduction. Well done. (laughs) I was playing Scrabble earlier with my kids because that's English, isn't it? And that's it, yeah. That's where we've got to with homeschooling. (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) No, it's good. Um, uh, I'm still at home with the kids, still furloughed, and, uh, and and it's the last week of school for my youngest daughter. So we're doing fun week this week, playing fun games. Yesterday we played the countdown numbers game. Oh, I know it's maths without him realising it. And <laughs> uh, and today was uh, Scrabble. It's learning vocabulary and understanding how poor <laughs> that is. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, good, good times, good times. Mowed the lawn, been for a walk in the park, and it's daytime, John. It is, it's very much daytime. This is a strange phenomenon. We, um, we usually only come out at night to record these things. Uh, one, because I live in London and it's freaking noisy most of the time. And, uh, and, and two, because we have jobs, usually. You have a yes. job. I'm currently, yes, I do. currently not doing my job. But hey. It's all good, because <laughs> I've got extra time to write things for the unheardnerd.com, your finest source of nerd culture. Um, Indeed. A bit of waffle there. How you doing, John? You all right? I'm good, thanks, Will. Yourself? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, yeah, just uh, getting by day by day. Not really doing a lot. <laughs> Haven't been to the <laughs> cinema for a while. Nothing in there. Um, Not what, open yet, what, are they? Nah, well, I, th- I think some of them are planning to, um, but I mean, it, actually the cinema experience might be a lot better uh, in, in the after effects of, of COVID-19 because you won't have to sit near other people yeah. and, um, and and there'll be less people in there. So, so hopefully there'll be far less people smoking weed, rattling <laughs> crisp packets and swearing and commentating on the film uh, while you watch it. Um, I did see a comment from, I can't remember, which cinema chain it was but they said we're not going to enforce face masks but you know you can wear them if you want to it's like oh nice <laughs> well that might change now that the government's uh, advice is in 10 days we have to wear a face mask if we go to a shop why 10 days why not now like, like seriously guys like, <laughs> most people have already got the masks or have a face covering like just do it like why why but anyway i mean that's the ineptitude of our government we are very used yep. to that right now um, and the same hand, they are currently paying me some of my salary to do nothing. So, <laughs> pros and cons. <laughs> Conflict of interest. <laughs> right, John. Headlines. I've actually made some freaking notes this time. And hopefully, oh I won't sound like I'm on horse tranquilizers either. <laughs> I mean, usually I listen back to our shows after we've recorded them. Just, you know, so I get a gauge of like what went well, what went wrong, what, what I mm-hmm. got completely wrong. Fact check a little bit. And um, I couldn't even bring myself to listen to the last show. <laughs> I just 
don't know. <laughs> there was nothing wrong with the content, but I don't know what happened with the settings. It's just like basically pitched my voice down about three octaves. Uh, and um, it did nothing to you, nothing to your voice. Your voice was normal. No. I mean, go figure. They're like a cold or something. Well, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, headlines. Beep, 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 beep. Hot off the press, John. I mean, so yeah. hot is like still steaming. The Lego NES has been uh, officially announced today. That's right. You can build your own Nintendo Entertainment System out of plastic bricks. Amazing. Ready wow. Player Two has been announced. Uh, a follow-up novel from Ernest Klein. Uh, very ingenious and and unique second title for that book. Um, lower decks. John has literally just watched the trailer again to make sure he's up to speed on this. It's a new animated series from Star Trek. A comedy. A comedy. Star Trek comedy. Who would have thought that? And back from the 90s, it's Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> TP. That's the headlines, John. Okay. <laughs> Let me ask you yes. a question. Uh-huh. In 1985, the Nintendo Entertainment System was released for a pricey sum of £79.99 in the UK. A lot Ooh. of money back in the day, a lot of money. Oh, it was, yeah. From August the 1st, you can buy a Lego set of the same thing that doesn't play games for <laughs> £209.99. Inflation or... Hmm. <laughs> Uh, with a lot of bricks, but uh, two thousand and something bricks. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's like two thousand something and sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of bricks for your money. <laughs> it is a lot of bricks. It is a lot of bricks. But I'm and quite it, surprised because you can actually open the NES up, stick in a, a Lego cartridge. Yeah, and it does. And, do the, and, the, <laughs> and the TV and the TV kind of does a thing. <laughs> did Did you watch that advert for it? There's like a video. I have, I have, I have seen it. Yeah, I've seen the um. TVs like those, like those little, little kiddie TVs with a revolving screen, isn't it? Yeah, and the, the guy blows on the cartridge. <laughs> I know, on. that infuriates me. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. The thing is, the guy in the advert probably wasn't even born when they came out. <laughs> I mean, that's my take from this. That guy's too young. <laughs> you really need a fat, middle-aged dad to, uh, to be advertising it, I think screaming at the kids this was entertainment come look at this it's not a fucking video recorder <laughs> mind you they wouldn't know what a video recorder is either no, no, as well yeah true that true that um but i mean all joking aside i mean huge price but a lot of bricks um the, the screen thing moving i'm not that bothered about i'd rather it's just stationary personally uh-huh. um you know the fact that you can add the other mario set to the top and it plays the music not necessary but it does look pretty cool Mm. Uh, and uh you know if i had a spare 210 pounds floating around <laughs> which i clearly don't at the moment um <laughs> thanks covid 90 um yeah i might be tempted to to throw 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 some bones at it so to speak I mean, it, it looks pretty much one-to-one it looks very similar in size I, I, um, I don't know i mean unless the guy's got really big hands he's really young and yeah. big hands i think it's slowly <laughs> scaled down and i think i did see a picture yeah, okay. of of the original console next to it i think it's it's probably about three quarters the size. Oh, okay. And and obviously the TV's not to scale. 
but I mean, I quite like the TV. I like the little touches on it. It's just like like lo-fi color or something on the back of it, which is quite a and nice it's got, touch. Um, it's got an arrow you can pull up. That's pretty cool. I do yeah. like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a lot of money. I mean, Lego is so expensive. And, and I mean, I know, like, actually, I did a little comparison um i'm gonna be um i'm gonna be flirting i'm gonna be double two timing on you john right um i'm gonna be on another podcast at some point fairly soon um, Fair with, enough. Our, with, Fine. Our, with our good friend <laughs> Stu stew latash aka hey. hero um who has occasionally written um for the website and um, he's just a friend of ours he's from the from the retellectables uh website where he's upcycling uh-huh. retro stuff um, and he's got his podcast, Retro Spectacles. So we'll give him a little shout out for that. Um, so I'm going to be a guest on that. I don't really know that I qualify to be a guest on another podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, it's kind of him to invite me on. Um, and so he, yeah. he, he basically, a little bit behind the scenes, he sends out an Argos catalogue um, from the year that you're going to discuss. And I won't say which year I'm going to be on. Cool, um, cool. But for anyone that doesn't know, anyone listening in other countries, Argos is basically a store that sells everything, sells toys, bed linen our furniture everything but you only you buy it from a catalog you don't go to the store yeah. and browse you you browse the catalog you decide what you want and you buy it basically unseen um, yes nothing wrong it's with that concept <laughs> it's basically a warehouse with a person at the front of it isn't it basically. yeah yeah and you go in and you say i want this catalog number <laughs> yeah this, this looks good in the picture i'll buy that and if they go if they go to go retrieve it for you and then you wait in line till your number's called and, and some guy goes off into the warehouse and picks up whatever you want. And it's, yes. I mean, it's, it's quite, it's an interesting concept. I, I used to think Argos was pretty ropey um, for a while, but it seems a lot better these days. I think the stuff they sell is a little bit better quality, maybe. I don't know. I've used it a lot more lately. Yeah, I've used it a lot of times. You can get same-day delivery as well, which is amazing. That's mental. It's crazy, isn't it? My mum, I went to my, see my mum who's blind, yeah. blind and um, you know, she needs a bit of help with purchasing stuff. She was like, I need a new Hoover. I was like, all right, so we're on Argos. And literally ordered it at about two o'clock in the afternoon. She had it by five. It's crazy quick. <laughs> I'm so, I, I, that's amazing, even considering that's, you know, I thought to get same day delivery, it'd be, have to be like, you know, by the morning at some point. Yeah, no, no, I mean, it's not everything, obviously, but um, mm. usually... Um, but anyway, that's, that's enough. We're not sponsored by Argos. Like those guys. Do you remember Index? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> a rival, exactly the same concept. Usually yeah. sell all the same stuff as well. And so you'd have to compare the catalogs to see which one had the stuff cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the trials and tribulations of growing up in the 80s, straight 90s. Oh, yeah. Opposite Leskies. Yeah, right. Anyway, I've lost my point. What was I saying? Um, Why were we talking? Oh yeah, so I was because you're, you're on the podcast. Yeah. I was checking the price of Lego in this Argos catalog from um, from a previous decade, and yeah. actually, do you know what? Lego's always been expensive. <laughs> you just I, I think we have we just don't remember because our parents bought it for us. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it has always been pr- pretty expensive. Um, anyway, so yeah, sorry, Karen. I say it's quite quite famously. I don't know if it uh, it's probably changed or whatever. But at one point, Lego was actually worth more than gold, I believe. Oh wow! <laughs> in terms of weight, or imagine something. if you had gold Lego. Bloody hell! I mean, gosh, there's a market. <laughs> gold Lego. 
Um, yes, so uh, yeah, that's the the Lego NES coming out on the first of August. And um, for more information, visit theunheardnerd.com and you'll find out all about it. Um, books, books, Ready Player One. That was um, that was a good book, John. I, 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 I did. I, I really enjoyed that book. A few years old now, actually. I think five years old. Um, oh, we've, had, we've had that. We've had the we've had the film adaptation, which interestingly funny you mentioned that i decided to watch again the other day uh-huh because it's on amazon you know it keeps popping up as a highly recommended for me yeah uh, now i didn't like the film when i saw it at the cinema because i, I really enjoyed the book and it yeah. was quite far f- well, not quite far. i mean the, the basic principles the same but you know it changes some of the characters it changes some of the dynamics it changes some of the content the pop culture references um, I, I didn't enjoy the film as much for the, for for that reason. And mm. now five years or since the book was released, I've forgotten it. Um, I watched the film again. I actually quite enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. So I, I'm giving things a second chance, John. Yes. Yeah. So um, that was all right. But yeah, this um, this the sequel to Ready Player One, written by Ernest Klein, mm-hmm. um, is is going to be called Ready Player Two. Well done. <laughs> I mean, it's obvious. It makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, it's not very original. <laughs> well, I'll just, I, I don't know, I'll give it a try, but it's based on, was it Armada? Yeah, that was his follow which, which was a huge disappointment for me. I, I couldn't even finish that book. Um, I mean, it was basically yeah. the, the same concept, wasn't it? It's like a young, nerdy teen who's you know, lost his parents and and basically gets thrust into this amazing adventure where he's going to be the hero of the day thanks to his unique knowledge of pop culture and, and, <laughs> and nerdy references. I mean, it's exactly the same concept. It was just much poorly written. You, know, you actually poorly. finished it, didn't you? I did. I, I read the whole book. I persevered. <laughs> I think it was one. I think I read it while I was on holiday. And it's like, well, you know, it, I, I generally read quite quite a lot when I'm on holiday, so I just get through it. I, I found it was that the, there were just too many pop culture references. It really was. Everything was crowbarred in. Every, every, every single thing. She turned her head like that bloke did in the film. It's like, oh, shut up. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> enough already. I mean, in a way, it almost felt like that book was written before Ready Player One and then sort of retrofitted with nerdy references. And, <laughs> and it was like, yeah, that'll do. That's, 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 that's good. And it wasn't. Um, you, can but, imagine, you can imagine the conversation at his publishers. It's like, Ready Player One's with a huge success. You've got anything else? Well, there's something else I did try writing a while back. Yeah, some, <laughs> I wrote on some toilet paper. Let me just, uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Oh, dear. But um, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I did see quite a cr- critical sort of take on, on this whole thing, actually. Um, but actually, looking back, Ready Player One hasn't aged that well. It's, it's you know, it's again, it's a sort of privileged white male as the lead with his token group of friends you know of various demographics just to fill in tick the boxes and yeah. uh, and, and actually you know it, it it doesn't really age that well i don't know um i think obviously there's a lot of emphasis on on the black lives matter movement on on you know equal rights for all sorts of minorities and and, and groups and um i think perhaps you can read too much into things sometimes. That's mm. um, not to diminish the importance of it in any way. Of course, you know, um, of course, all of these things are, are, are pertinent 
and you know absolutely support them but i think it, it is easy to pick holes in everything you can probably go back and pick holes in anything if you if you really want to yeah um so i don't know okay next up we have from one of the creators of rick and morty and that other show that we discussed last time that you wrote about and i forgot and then remembered uh, <laughs> i can't remember what it is again <laughs> what's it called oh i can't remember either you can't remember either it's no. another show. anyway it's um this guy mike Ma- Ma- mcmahon mike mcmahon it's an alliterative name isn't it mike mcmahon mm. um yeah so he's he's the creative mind behind an animated star trek comedy never thought i'd be saying that john no, it's a, it's a strange thing. Isn't it? it's, always, it's always been about ships and space and people and the people in seriousness. Mostly. Yes. <laughs> um, so we're talking about Lower Decks, Star Trek Lower Decks, which is, yeah, as, as aforementioned, an animated series uh, about the ensigns of a starship, the lower um, rated uh, members of the, of the crew. And um, and the shenanigans that they get into, like cleaning out the holodeck trash and stuff like that. Um, so it looks it looks a little. It, you can see the Rick and Morty in it. I think yes, there's a definite feel to it. It's like the time and the tempo of it seems seems um, yeah. But it's playing it safe because it's uh, CBS's big franchise, so mm. they're not going to go as far as Rick and Morty do. By no, look at it. No, no, it will be clean. It will be family entertainment. But it does look quite yes. amusing, um, and I do like the idea. I mean, it's like it's it's almost. I don't know. Did you ever read uh, the book by John Scalzi? Scalzi, I don't know how you say it. Um, called Red Shirts. Oh uh, no, I think I, I think I might started it, but never finished it. I, you know, I only got a chapter in or something. Oh, I mean, I mean, it's basically it, it is. It's telling the story of the red shirts but it's not officially yeah. star trek branded um and and you know very funny with it uh that's a really good book i really enjoyed that i haven't enjoyed much of his stuff afterwards but red shirts was really good um and there was supposed to be a tv series of that being made actually i don't know whatever happened uh-huh. to it um but it, it's it's a sort of similar concept but in animated form yes um so it looks quite good i might i might give that a watch when it uh, when it comes out Oh, definitely um, give it a viewing, yes. Yeah, it'll be on CBS All Access in the USA. And um, who knows where it'll be here. It might be oh, Amazon, it might be Netflix. Amazon or Netflix, then, isn't it? <laughs> it does bug me a little bit. It's like, you know, you Star Trek, you, well, you watch Discovery, it's on Netflix, and you have, like, Picard. That must be on Netflix. No, no, no. no. That's on Amazon. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. It's like, where's the DC stuff? Could be anywhere. It's oh, we, Christ, no. We, we don't have DC Universe or whatever it's called. It could be anywhere. It's like, literally across all, all different bloody networks um but i digress i digress um it reminds me someone i don't know if it's recently someone set up a petition to get disney to release star wars detour don't you remember that star wars detour no that was um like cgi animated comedy shorts in the star wars universe oh. and i think uh uh Family Guy, Seth MacFarlane was behind it. Oh right, okay. And I think they did a whole season of thirteen episodes or something. Um, but then it was that was just when Disney uh, brought Lucasfilm. Oh right. <laughs> so so Disney probably saw it and went, "That's not really the kind of content we want to put out." Yeah. Thanks so for no thanks. <laughs> so that's that's all just sitting on the shelf somewhere, it hasn't been seen for 
God, how many years ago was that? Five, six? I can't remember. It's been a while. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, six must be at least six years. Yeah, I think Star Wars film every three, every two years. Uh, so six or seven years, blimey, crikey, time flies. <laughs> um, okay, so similarly, keeping it on an animated theme, um, Beavis and Butthead are returning, John. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what my biggest memory of Beavis and Butthead is? And it's so fitting, so fitting. It was me yeah. and um, and our uh, well college friends, my our friend um, um, Davy. Yeah. And we were at Reading Festival, probably 1997, I think, if I remember correctly. Right. And uh, they were showing the film, Beavis and Butthead Does America or something like that. I think that's, I think that's right, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and and they were showing it in one of the tents and there were there was literally no space in there. It was rammed. It was full of people <laughs> watching it. And the yeah. only place Richard and I could find to sit and watch the film was in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they got these huge, huge container bins, like the the you know, yeah, yeah, the trash trash bin things with yeah, the four yeah. wheels, um, and so we literally opened the lids, climbed up into the bin, sat in the bin and watched the film. <laughs> I was horrible, wasn't it? Thinking back, I mean, yeah, it wasn't like if it was full of like food oh, waste not, or no. something, we wouldn't have done it. But it was most, I think, it was probably recycling or whatever, um, or, or full of black bin liners that hadn't burst so <laughs> yeah. they were your questions <laughs> grungy days indeed but um yeah beavis about had return they used to obviously be on uh, mtv um, when when they showed music videos and often it was it was beavis about head commentating or or you know c- cut into pieces uh, music videos <laughs> um, but obviously that's not going to happen anymore i don't think um so still produced by mtv studios we're going to be okay. shown on Comedy Central. Okay. And Mike Judge, the uh, the creator, is back. Obviously, he was the voice of Beavis and Butthead, yeah. uh, as I recall. And, um, yeah, he's back um, producing two new seasons. And uh, Dahlia, wow. a Dahlia spin-off as well. Daria, hey. even. <laughs> Fact check. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there we go. More Beavis and Butthead. Are you pleased about that? Uh, I'd be interested to see what they do with it this time round. Did you Did you watch it back in the day? I did. Was it Was it Channel Four showed it here? Possibly. I used to watch it on MTV. But I don't know. I didn't have uh, I didn't have satellite at the time. I was sure some terrestrial channel picked it up. I'm sure. Because there was always there was always um uh, a, a thin plot running through it as well, wasn't there? Yeah. I mean, they used to work. There was, there, there was some story, well. and the story would break out with them, as you said, watching a video and analysing it and whatever yeah i mean I, I think if i went back and watched the originals now i'd mm-hmm. be infuriating because it was really slow paced <laughs> when I, I, th- I think i'd probably struggle to to get keep up with it but um not not to keep up with it but to to bear with it mm. uh, i don't know so we'll see we'll see what happens with uh with new beavis and butt head that reminds um, me i had um i had beavis and butt head in virtual stupidity which was a um, uh, a point and click adventure game for the PC. All right, that's just really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> give, it <laughs> give it a watch, maybe find out. See oh, what yes. happens. Um, so yeah, that was that. That was that was the headlines. The headlines that were. John. Well. 
I'm wondering, just random question. What have you watched since the last time we spoke? <laughs> oh, plenty much stuff. Plenty much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shall, shall we start with something that I know that we've both watched? Okay. And somebody asked me, again, one of our friends, we wouldn't actually be a listener. Uh, well, he's a listener, but uh, <laughs> someone asked me, you know, yes. why don't you and John actually coordinate what you watch and then talk about the same things? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, that's a very valid point. I appreciate your question, little Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, we tried that and um, it never worked. Anytime no. we try and plan anything for this podcast, it comes out like a piece <laughs> of crap. We lose interest and we record one every six months. <laughs> at least at the moment, we're on an average of maybe one every three. Yeah, um, it's getting better. It's getting better slightly. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, by happy coincidence, we have both watched watched devs, watched devs. devs. Yeah, it was on on BBC iPlayer here, and I believe it's on Hulu or Hulu Plus or Hulu something or other in uh, in the United States of America. I think it's on iPlayer for about a year or something. Yeah, it's, probably. It's not, it's not going anytime soon. No, so it's plenty of time to uh, sit down and watch. I don't, I don't know if they. I don't think the BBC co-produced it. But um, they're definitely one of the... No, I remember, I remember the FX logo at the start of every episode. Correct. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, created by FX. Um, but so, is it Alex Garland? I should have written that down. Alex yeah, no, that's right. That's correct, yeah. He was behind uh, such wonderful films as um, Ex Machina. And uh, he wrote The Beach. I didn't realise that. And Judge Dredd. And, jo and Dredd, yes, Dredd. Oh, Dread, sorry, the proper name, yeah. The proper Dread. Um, not, the... <laughs> not that one, not that one. No. It's like, sober up, will you, Sty? Sly? Sly? Sty? Sty Stallone? Sty Stallone. Just finishing my tea in my Star Wars mug. So. Wait. It's one of those ones that lights up when it's hot, so the lightsabers light up. But nice. it doesn't work so well since it's been through the dishwasher about 15 times. <laughs> Not supposed to dishwash it. Nobody cares. It's... Just, just put it straight in. It's the second one I've had of those as well because the first one went in and at first wash, the whole thing came off. It had a completely white Oh, cup. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, anyway, I digress. Devs. <laughs> yes. Alex Garland. Um, yeah, it stars Nick Offerman, who people may remember from Parks and Recreation. Mm -hmm. I don't because I didn't watch it. Neither do I. But I recognise <laughs> I recognise him. I know he's around. Yeah. So he, he's, he's sort of like a tech giant leader, like a, a Steve Jobs or a, a, a thingy. Bill Gates. Yeah, or Bezos or what? You know, one of these huge billionaire, but lives very humbly, like Steve Jobs. And uh, and and I, I won't remember any of the actors' names, but um, the the main no, character. It's no, one, it's no one I've seen before. So the main character Lily in it, um, she yeah. was in Ex Machina as oh, okay. as one of the um, sort of artificial life forms um, that does a weird dance, and she was also in a series called Alive, which I know we discussed, but I don't think you watched. And it was oh, I'm never going to remember his name. Oh, I can never remember this guy's name. Um, he's in is it Twenty One Jump Street? The the sort of bigger guy. Sure. I don't know. Sorry, <laughs> no, I can't remember anyway. But there was a there's a Netflix series called Alive, and it was um, oh god, 
absolute <laughs> name failure here. Um, the girl that's in uh, la, 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 the girl, the woman actress who's in Birdman, and uh, she was in Spider Man, and uh, she was in La La Land, and she's really famous. Emma Stone. Okay. Emma Stone <laughs> and oh fuck, I'm gonna look it up, John. This is horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> needs to be some element of fact in this podcast <laughs> um but, but 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 alive 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 jesus i don't even know why i'm looking this up um because it's really not pertinent information Emma stone update later imdb thank you um um, this is purely maniac. It was called. It wasn't called Alive at all. Oh, <laughs> and it's Jonah Hill. Why can I never remember that guy's name? Yeah, Jonah. Jonah Hill. Anyway, that was kind of a messed up um, series, like really weird, wacky sci-fi. Every episode had a slightly different genre feel to it, and mm -hmm. uh, and it was basically about Emma Stone and 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 um, Jonah Hill. I've got his name again. Um, their characters going in for um, sort of testing um laboratory testing a new drug basically willfully testing right um, anyway i digress the actress was in that as well whose name i can probably find because it's on the screen uh sonoya mizuno is her name she plays lily in devs Fuck, right. that was a long way around wasn't it yeah what a bit <laughs> anyway yeah so um i mean we won't go into too many details because it's easy to spoil but it is quite dark quite 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 dark. it gets gets dark really quickly in the first episode it sort of meanders along for a while and then it gets really dark yes. very quickly would you agree yes it's kind of a i'd say most the first half is almost like a, a techno thriller mm. i feel it uh, i feel it changes at the midway point yeah and becomes something else for the last four episodes yeah basically i mean what they're developing in in devs you know, you know that's kind of alludes to the the, the name um they're developing um so a new technology which again i don't want to spoil too much but it's revolutionary it's going to change the yes. world but it's also very invasive on yes. the, the the repercussions and the uses of it yeah i mean you think how google uses your your you know <laughs> every, every click that you make on your phone or every search you make i mean it's like infinitely more invasive than that mm. um and um and and yeah the implications could be horrendous but basically the nick offerman character has a, an agenda where he his daughter died and he's just never got over it and, no. and really he's just trying to sort of bring back that feeling that 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 experience of having his daughter back um my wife made a very good point while we were watching this. He doesn't seem mm -hmm. to give a shit about his wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's just, very, very true. Just putting it out there. I mean, you know, um, it's all about his daughter. So his company is yeah. named after his daughter. There's a massive statue of her in a forest. Um, some of the effects are quite, you know, I, I, there's like rings around the trees of light. And, and oh, really, I love that. Yeah. Really atmospheric. And it reminds me a bit of um, the Beyond the Loop that's on amazon at the moment um which i watched really slow paced like in, glacially paced sci-fi <laughs> uh -huh. i really enjoyed it um but yeah 
Um, I think the characterization in Devs is really good. I think the characters are good. It's good casting. I think mm. Offerman plays sort of quite a, you know, a little bit unhinged technical genius. Um, sort of like money's no object. This has got to get done. Yeah, you know, lives very a very modest lifestyle. Pumps all his money. His money's not really a concern, is it? Is it no, the gold is the concern? The, the yeah the product. It has to be perfect. You know, th- there's no deviation. There's no, you know, people come up with ideas uh, that are you know genius, revolutionary, but they get fired because it's not working <laughs> towards the ultimate goal. Yes, and and you know, very sinister overtones. If anyone gets in his way then you know there are serious serious life-threatening repercussions um the security guy kenton who's like ex cia yeah i was gonna mention him he's a nasty piece of work he's really nasty but endearing i really enjoyed his character <laughs> again honestly he's like he just seems like a really nice guy but also fucking deadly yeah <laughs> you know if, if you're not on his list basically you could have a pint with him it'd be like good company i think yeah um and and a kind, kind but also really scary face. I don't know. I just thought it was brilliant casting. I thought um, the main character. I mean, as I mentioned, Lily. I thought a little bit lacking in personality at times, um, mm. but plays the kind of a little bit spaced out millennial thing quite well. I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I really liked Jamie, the boyfriend. Well, ex boyfriend, ex boyfriend, yeah, boyfriend, yeah. I, I liked him, and he's he was a, like a he really was... cool guy. Yeah. So um, yeah, lots, lots, lots to love about devs. Um, yeah, it goes a little bit sensational at the end. A little bit, it's like a little bit too. I don't know. It, it be so there are there are there are questions at the end. You're like, sorry, how how did they do that? So yeah. Uh, and as there's, there's, you, you got to take quite a leap of faith with it, I think. But, yes. But ultimately, I, I really, really enjoyed it. We watched, I think, probably an episode, if not two, every night consecutively until we were done. And uh, it's only eight episodes, I think. Eight, eight, eight episodes at about 50, 50. 50 minutes to an hour each. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's my that's definitely my highly recommended series at the moment. I, I really enjoyed that. I the, the the weakest part for me, I think, was actually most of episode five, which just feels like a huge looky backy episode. You right. sometimes call them because it's just about it. Just seemed to be plot points that happened before episode one. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, you can't really say any more than that because it delves into spoiler territory. But it's just like the whole episode is like here's the important stuff you need to know that happened before the events of part episode one, and just sitting there watching it going. Is the whole episode going to be like this? Oh, it was. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Um, but I, I think that's that's something that happens quite a lot in in sort of American thrill- dramas, thrillers, sci-fi. Thrill- I, I, I'm kind of seen it a few times. I think even actually in, in Good Omens, um, yeah, the, the series that's on, on Amazon, Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that, but there was one episode where it was literally a look back, looky backy episode, like exactly, <laughs> exactly as you described. And yeah, not, not you know, not from the book at all. Not um, I, I, they just sort of made that episode up. Uh, yeah, so interesting, but definitely my my top pick that one. Um, so onto something, John, that 
that you you started watching, stopped watching, but might start watching again. <laughs> I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> Snowpiercer. Yeah. Uh, um, so it's on Netflix here. God knows where it is on the rest of the world. I think it's Netflix. It's a Netflix exclusive now. It is. Yeah, Netflix in the UK. Yeah. On, uh, I want to say Stars. Is it Stars in the US? I can't Stars remember. Stars Play, maybe. I don't know. You can get Stars Play here. Why would you buy it? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you can subscribe to it here. Um, yeah, so Snowpiercer. It, it's, I mean, the events. We, you and I love the film. We both love the mm. film. Adore the film. The film was set uh, much later in in the, the timeline, the history of Snowpiercer. Mm. Um, than than the series. The series is much earlier, so it's sort of fairly close to to after the the actual events that cause the Earth to freeze over, and the only way for humanity to survive is on this train that has a perpetual motion engine, and it circumnavigates the globe uh, constantly, and will continue mm. to do so. So yeah, it's, it's 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 a similar concept to the film. It's less grimy and gritty, I would say. Uh, and 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 obviously much slower to tell the story. So obviously uh, the the Snowpiercer series, TV series, is set much further before the film. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it's it's not quite as gritty and grimy as the film was. It's it's, it's sort of early days, just after sort of the um, the event, the, the 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 thing that makes the Earth freeze over. And uh, yeah, um, and also because it's a TV series, and they, and I presume they need more filler to expand it into a series. The train is a lot longer than the film as well. It's about a thousand carriages, isn't it? Yeah, it's a thousand and one carriages, but I think that includes the engine, as they call it. And um, yeah, so finally, finally balanced ecosystem throughout the train. You you, you get your first class, second class, third class, and the tailies at the end. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and and it's all very finely balanced. The the tailies obviously are basically squatters that got onto the train uh, without buying a ticket, and so they're kept in squalor without natural daylight and forced to uh, eat like protein bar things um, mm. instead of real food. Third class are like your your hands on workers, your sanitizer uh, sanitation, your your sort of engineers and and maintenance workers. Uh, second class are sort of your white collar workers, I suppose, and um, they do sort of that admin stuff. Um, and then first class are the people that paid the most and actually funded the train in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, the idea is obviously there's revolution. It's going to work its way through the train. Um, but it's, a, it's such a finely balanced ecosystem that, you know, if things go out of kilter, uh, then, you know, the whole balance of the train, like, you know, the, the food supplier, the, the, everything sort of goes out of out of line and and the train won't work and so um a lot of the series you see is is the jennifer connelly character melanie um who is is controlling everything and actually keeping everything in line and keeping everything working and uh, all right uh, and yeah it's it's i mean it's, it's fascinating and and the series really is a slow start and and the whole uh, murder mystery thing is 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 a little bit yawnsome but once you get past that, it's, it's really just a catalyst for the next stage of the story and, and a way into the other classes for this character who's picked from the tale because he was a former um, you know, cop, uh, yeah. detective. And it gives him a way in to make allies, to build friendships, to find out what's actually going on in the train. It's a bit of a slow build. 
but it's worth getting through it just to see what happens afterwards and, and like by the end um it's just crazy good like the, the penultimate episode is just like what the fuck is happening and, and it all kicks off and then the last episode is just like shit i did not see that coming just crazy so it's really wow crazy. Yeah. yeah, see, I I, I stopped watching halfway through episode one because the first half an hour is kind of a recreation of the film. But then, then it went into, oh, we need a detective. There's been a murder. And not knowing, you know, what you've seen, that to me felt like, oh, this is, gonna ha- this is how they're going to fill out the series. They're just going to have conventional stories but set on the Snowpiercer. Yeah. But but what, after what you said, what my, what my missus has said and... I've seen similar comments online with people saying, no, get get through the first few episodes. It does improve. It really does. Yeah, I, I, I do recommend you know, giving it a go. It, it it really does. By the end of the first season, it, it is, yeah, it's really quite gripping. <laughs> For example, I mean, the first few episodes, I always watch these things quite late at night because my, my wife's not, not wanting to watch it. So we watch stuff mm-hmm. together. When she goes to bed, I end up sitting up till you know, one in the morning watching... You know, stuff that I'm interested in and so I, I yeah. usually watch these things quite late at night so the first few episodes I was like struggling to stay awake I mean the last two episodes <laughs> I just was up till you know half one just because the final the the, the season finale was just like oh, I, that was really good and I wanted awesome. to watch something else as well so yeah that's Snowpiercer um yeah I recommend it give it a go so John tell me what have you been watching I finally I watched um, is it the Bird Box on Netflix? Oh wow, okay. Is that the that's the Sandra Bullock one, isn't it? Sandra Bullock, yes, yes, the one that yes. I called Bird Nest before. <laughs> <laughs> Never let the facts get in the way of uh, utter bullshit. Um, yes, Bird Bird Box. Um, I haven't watched it yet. I keep meaning to. Is it good? Oh, um, yes, it's, it's pretty good. Hmm. She's uh, she's a bit of a nasty character in, in places. Really? Okay. Um, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler. She's got um, oh, both kids. Hers was one. I think only one kids. I think she's got a she's got a boy. Mm. But the fact is, she didn't want him in the first place, and so he's literally called boy. Oh wow! It's like so you horrible cats. woman. <laughs> <laughs> I just got my cat's cat. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. Um, yeah, but they don't know. It's about um, I don't know. You never find out where this thing comes from. But basically, if you open your eyes, you'll see something. You'll never see what it is. And it kind of makes you go a bit crazy and kill people. So the only way to survive is kind of stay indoors, board up your windows. And if you do go outside, don't ever open your eyes. It's a bit like quarantine then. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Just stay indoors. Don't go out. If you do, don't breathe. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. So is it is it similar? Because I, I kind of... I don't know whether it's a false comparison, but in my mind, is it is it similar to A Quiet Place? That's another film on my list, and I enjoyed that a lot more. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you enjoyed that one a lot more, but I'm going to talk about the one I didn't enjoy much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, are they similar in terms of concept? Yes, because basically there's something outside that can kill you unless you do something to survive, in a way. With, with, with Bird Box, it's keep your eyes shut, then mm. you don't see the thing or things whatever it is uh and with the quiet place it's basically be quiet don't make a noise yeah. don't make a noise because these things have super hearing ah. okay is it is it sci-fi i mean i know nothing about it really yes it's a it's a 
yeah, it's not a natural thing that, that kills them, but it never tells you what it is. They never explains it. Hmm, Where's the quiet place? Have you seen the quiet place? Uh, yeah, quiet yeah, place? I've seen the quiet place. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's definitely sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. I'm surprised there's a sequel out. Well, there was going to be a sequel out this year. I think it's well. I think I think actually a pre. I think it's a prequel, isn't it? I think it explains when when the creatures first come down. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to watching that as well because, like, like you, I mean, a quiet place. Like I, I, I know it'd been out for a little while before I watched it. Mm. But, oh my god, this is really really good. Uh, it's <laughs> tense, it's so tense. But, um, a lot of the the tropes and a lot of the devices used within it are things we've seen in other shows you know like the baby oh, yes. making a noise when you need to be quiet and what have you um pulling, but, pulling up a nail on the stairs yeah oh I mean, god i'm I mean, like no oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it, it works really well i i didn't mind that i'd seen these concepts before because it, it was in kind of oh, a unique sort of sitting like a different it's so sort. well done yeah very good cool anything else john anything else you've been watching um, I'm currently on a John Hughes binge. Are you? Yes. I, I saw you say on Twitter the other day that you didn't enjoy 16 Candles. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just a 16-year-old girl having embarrassing situations and being pissed off that no one's remembered, remembered her birthday and that she wants to go out with like the hunk of the school and then she does. <laughs> so, sorry, it's just not for me. <laughs> Very succinct review of that, yeah. I, yeah. I have seen it once, but it's not memorable for me. Um, so, so what else have you watched of John Hughes? Um, well, of course, uh, I love Weird Science. I haven't bothered watching that again because I, I only brought that recently on a, uh, a narrow video Blu-ray, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Ferris Bueller is, of course, fantastic. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I'd seen Uncle Buck before. When I watched it, I realised I had seen it, but I just forgotten I'd seen it. But that's actually quite a good film. I really enjoyed that, Uncle Buck. Could be honest, I didn't realise Uncle Buck was a John Hughes film. Uh, he's writ- well, the- my list is quite concise because I'm just choosing the films he directed. Mm-hmm. But if you go to uh, IMDb and look up the films he's written, Jesus, he's written so many films. Right. Um, what else have I got? I've got uh, Planes, Trains and Automobiles is good. Uh-huh. Um, See, so watching these things made me realise how funny John Candy was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a- he was a great actor. Um, I've only got two left to watch. Um One's got Kevin Bacon in. Uh, she's having a baby. Okay. And Curly Sue. And what? What about um, like Breakfast Club? And oh yes, yeah, sorry, yes, yeah, I watched the Breakfast Club. Well, actually, I own the Breakfast Club. I've got it at home. Anyway, yeah. but yeah, I watched that again. That's that's a great film. The, um, he was quite a big influence on Kevin Smith, um, and the way that Kevin yes. Smith recycles characters and and locations. Um, yeah, because. Um, all of all of John Hughes' films were set in Sherman, Illinois, which is a that's right, yeah, absolutely fictitious place. Um, fictional sh- a fictional suburb of Chicago. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, I think they reference it, don't they? In Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, it's like well, they, yes, they try and find it, don't they? they? Try to visit Sherman. <laughs> no, it doesn't fucking exist. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Um, speaking of, of Kevin Smith, I think he's working on More Rats 2 at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, I, I believe he is, yes. He's uh, currently hammering out the script for that. Yeah, I spotted More um, Rats is on Netflix here. I might give that another watch. I haven't seen that for a while. Yeah, I had noticed that as well. Also, I know, um, America's getting a new two-disc deluxe Blu-ray edition as well, but unfortunately it doesn't seem to be coming out over here. 
Uh, you can probably buy it through his website or something. Maybe. <laughs> probably. John, how do you feel about Sega? Uh, well, I like them. Were you a Sega you have... Nintendo guy? Um, or one of those first... anomalies that was neither? I was never really one or the other. I never had. I didn't have a, a NES or a SNES or a Master System or a Mega Drive slash Genesis, depending where you live. Mm-hmm. Um, but my first console was a, a Dreamcast. Okay. So I'll, I'll put you down a Sega. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was definitely a Sega kid, uh, mainly because, and it wouldn't happen now. I think maybe we've discussed it before, but uh, my school was basposely sponsored by Sega for a while. Um, <laughs> uh, advertising everywhere. Oh, right. <laughs> and do me a favor, plug me into a Sega. Oh, I remember that, yeah. With the, the colored bars and the face on it. Um, like the test. Speed is good, takes ages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was in Fizz, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, literally everywhere in my school there was a Sega advertising, which was, was terrible. And it didn't work <laughs> because a lot of the kids were, were pro Nintendo. But um, I was Sega. I had a Game Gear, I had a Mega Drive. And, uh huh. But Sega have had a little bit of a resurgence recently. They've been doing some weird and wacky stuff. Obviously, we right. have the, the Mega Drive Mini, which I'm, oh, yes. yeah. I, I have. I think it's fantastic. Really enjoy it. It's, it's brilliant. It works brilliantly. It but then you already have a Raspberry Pi. Yes, I do. But it's it's just... <laughs> but it's just the, the sort of nostalgia factor of having a little is. Mega Drive. I like, you know, because I had a Mega Drive and, and, and you know, I sold it, you know, about a decade yeah. ago now probably but um i i just i loved it i loved that thing and um fond memories and, and yeah it's only got what 42 games on it so it's not like it's got the full catalog yeah they hacked it to put the full catalog on so that's what they usually do probably someone has i don't know <laughs> but you know I, I mean my raspberry pi i've got 980 snes games i mean you know, <laughs> there's plenty on there to get through yes uh, obviously i own the cartridges of all of them of course, goes without saying. Um, but yeah, Sega, they, they had the success with this Mega Drive Mini. It's like done really well. They've announced yeah. the crazy, the, the Game Gear Micro. It's like so small that you, you probably can't even see the screen. Are they the strange things? There's only one game per micro or something. There's four of them. Yeah. Well, technically there's five because there's a special edition one as well. If you buy Oh, okay. Four, that's that's still a weird have. thing though. Buy, buy a mini version with one game on. So why? But it is. I mean, they're only like thirty quid each, uh, which is which is too much to be honest for one very old game. But but I don't know. I like. I've still got my Game Gear. I love it. It doesn't work very well. The screen doesn't work very well. But uh, I've seen. I watched. I watched. Um, I don't know why. I love watching people do retro mods. Mm. I couldn't do it myself. Don't get me a soldering iron. I'd ruin something. Yeah. But uh, but I. You know. You, you put like you know uh, high quality. Um, you know, screens in them now and better batteries and better sound speakers and stuff. And Yeah. But I, I looked into that because the screen, I mean, you can play it, but you really can't see it very well. Uh-huh. But, um, I looked into how much it would cost to, to get a replacement screen, like an LED screen in it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's hundreds of pounds. It's like, I could, oh. I could buy a, another Game Gear that works. <laughs> um, or you can go, there's about 90 diodes in there that you can change and replace. And that, that fixes the problem. Okay. And they're not all the same. Like, they're all different types. Like, yeah. I just I don't have the skill or the patience for that. That's that's common with these retro things. It's always replacing all the capacitors. 
Yeah, well, sorry, you're right. <laughs> capacitors, you're right. Yeah, because they go bad over time. So indeed, indeed. Um, but yeah, so on top of that, they've announced a, another retro thing that they were okay. they doing. It's the Astro City Mini, which is um, basically a, a, a very miniature arcade machine, a bit like the SNK Neo Geo one that came out. Oh, okay, year. yes, yes. Um, similar size, only in Japan, but sixty oh, right. games on it. I think that looks quite cool. And Fog Gaming. They came out with Fog Gaming. I mean, I've never heard the term Fog anything before. No. But basically, um, they're going to utilize... Because arcades are still massive in Japan. Big business. That's where uh, Sega make most of their money. It's worth like, I think it's three three million pounds a year, something like that. Three three million dollars a year. Um, Just in arcade gaming. And um, basically, when the arcades are closed at night, well, they're, they're not doing anything. So what mm. they've decided to do is, is utilize the processing power of these arcade machines on their downtime to yeah. provide sort of a streaming service so people can <laughs> carry on playing at home. Okay. So it's it's not cloud like, you know, Stra- Stadia, Stadia, whatever the fuck you call it. Google. St- yeah, Google, Google Stadia, yeah. It's not cloud. It's fog, which utilizes fog. cloud. <laughs> I don't really know, John. I'm, I'm kind of bluffing this. But basically what it does is it gets the data closer to you so that mm-hmm. there is zero lag when, you, when you're playing. Okay. I don't know how it does it. It's witchcraft. It's witchcraft. Essentially. But I say you're coming out of all this weird stuff and it's like all of a sudden like they've seemed to have tapped into these revenue streams that, that um, you know, based on sort of retro and, and existing infrastructure, it's quite clever. Like they're really thinking outside the box. Um, that, was, that, that reminds me, sorry, it just, it just reminds me of saying of playing the, the same games at home. Mm. I think it was the GameCube that had a version of F-Zero on it. All right. And I, and I think it was a port of the arcade F-Zero that Nintendo made. Mm. I do believe, I think you could take your GameCube cartridge, um, uh, you know, memory card, mm. into the arcade, plug it in, and continue playing your game, but on the arcade version. Wow. <laughs> I, have I to think look into I'm right. That. <laughs> that a good story for the site. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's Sega. Um, like briefly, briefly, because it's kind of a, a story that's been and gone, but um, there was an auction of some rare Nintendo cartridges for the NES. Oh, all was, right, yeah. There was the original NES cartridge, like first Super Mario Bros. still boxed and, in, and still in... You know, <laughs> cellophane still sealed yeah uh, and yeah. it's just broken the record for for the highest price achieved at auction for a video game yeah um, but there was also something i never thought i'd i i never knew i needed to know is there was a left bros um cartridge as well it's basically super mario brothers 3 when it first came out for the first print run yeah the word brothers or the bros was on the left like sort of um, justified to the left so it covered mario's hand and then it was very quickly moved to be off of Mario's hand because it looked cleaner right. and tidier. And so there was a, a very few number made, and they're called Left Bros, and they're really ultra-rare <laughs> <laughs> ultra rare cartridges. Um, so that, that also will have sold in the same auction. Oh, my God. Um, so interesting. Um, other auction news. There, there's a kit from Knight Rider available to buy. Um, not oh, right, not, yeah. Not a not a um, replica, an actual kit. Um, it wow. says 
from the lot of, of Knight Rider. I don't know if it was actually used in filming, but it was definitely used by Michael Knight, uh, aka David Hasselhoff. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. Um, on his tour in Germany, when he, he he he's a huge pop star in Germany, he is, yeah. Um, and he toured, and he took Kit with him uh, on stage, uh, and that that's in Germany, but it's not roadworthy. You can't actually drive it. So, ah, okay. Um, and it, and it costs less than um, than a Boba Fett toy. <laughs> also went to auction. So anyone that's seen yeah. the toys that made made us um, see the Star Wars episode. Uh, ultra rare Boba Fett toy with the um, missile that launches choking hazard never actually made just prototypes exist um, $225,000 that's on eBay for um, you can buy a kit from upwards of $25,000 so yeah who would have thought and lastly on my list very briefly summarizing Transformers War for Cybertron uh, anime series coming to Netflix looks pretty good it's pretty um g1 classic is that the term i think that's a good term if it's not the term <laughs> i enjoy that that's that's i basically that, that for everyone listening that basically means it looks like the toys from the 80s <laughs> it looks like how we remember transformers yes <laughs> and anything else is just not acceptable <laughs> it's just an abomination indeed <sighs> that's it john i'm done i'm spent you're spent i am spent that was um so it's a good show. I enjoyed that one. I'm just going to inject a little thing about about um, auction for cartridges. Ooh. I used to I used to watch videos from uh, I think it's called oh, Pat the Nes guy or Pat the Nes Punk. I can't remember his name. Okay. And he used to tell stories about people finding or you know the, the value of cartridges and stuff. Mm. And there's one there's one game that came out of the original Nes. Um, yeah, I don't. It's not track and field. It's some sports game. Okay. And they, I don't know if it's a license issue or something, but the game was very quickly taken off the shelf, repackaged, and then it had a different name or a license was changed, something along those lines. Okay. And it makes it a very rare, very hard to find and expensive cartridge. Okay. And then one, one collector basically turned up one day and said, oh, yeah, I've got that game. They go, well, how many have you got? And he says, like, I've got 20 of them. And they're like, <laughs> what? And it, did, it didn't just have, like, you know, 20 mint wait you did have 20 mint cartridges but they were in their shipping box oh wow so it was like a cardboard box that's been opened and inside are 20 packed cartridges ready to be pulled out and put on the shelves wow um so that in that aspect is amazing but also they're quite angry with him because now he's revealed he's got 20 of them yeah it means everyone else who's got one the value of theirs has now suddenly dropped <laughs> because, it, because it's been revealed there's more than we actually knew about in the first place oh wow Got it. so it's a bit of a, a weird place the old uh, collecting business yeah it is i don't understand collectors i've got to be honest i'm not a collector i don't collect anything really um, i just it's I, I can sort of see why you do it on the other hand why? It's like, I understand why you want to do it, and I used to do it when I was younger, but now I'm older and, and cynical and bitter. It's, <laughs> it's like, why? It's just it's just going to sit there and do nothing, and you can't take it with you. And Yeah. I, I, I know it's worth... So, I know it's worth... Like, when's the Funko Pop bubble going to fucking burst? I don't it's know, like, John. I can't <laughs> believe people still buy those things. <laughs> they are obviously very big business, but... They obviously are, yes. Oh, yeah, lots of Lots of, I mean, I, I've, I've been looking at this die-cast car racing. 
oh, yes, to, the other, one, uh, one to watch today. Um, 3dbotmaker.com. <laughs> Honestly, the, the, the YouTube channel. If you like motor racing in any way and you like toy cars, basically this guy <laughs> races toy cars down a track, but the track looks amazing. His production skills are incredible. Um, and it's really exciting. He's got commentary on it. It's, it's just really fun. And um, I have gone down that rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> In, you know, I dug out all my old toy cars, which I still have from the seventies and eighties. Yeah, and, um, and I've been in my spare time, <laughs> of which I have some. Um, I've been sort of restoring toy cars, basically. And uh, but yeah, it's 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 like I joined the Facebook group. People collect every single Hot Wheels that comes out. They've got rooms yeah. full of them in the mm. box. Um, <laughs> in the box. What what? What purpose? Why? What honestly? What what is it achieving? I don't get it. I mean, I mean unless not. unless you sell it to make money. Well, I, I guess people do. You, just... Do you, do you, do you pass away and your final thoughts are? Well, at least I had the complete Hot Wheels collection. You know, <laughs> and your kids are like, oh shit, we've got to get rid of all this. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake! It's like I see I see some people. You know, they get excited. Oh, I've got the latest film in its steelbook case. Mm. And I, I admit I've got a three or four still books that I brought when I was younger, but now again, I'm cynical, I'm bitter. It's like it's just a packet. It takes up a lot of space. <laughs> it's gonna slot amongst all your other films and you're just gonna see the spine, unless you have them all out on display, I suppose, but <laughs> No, I get it. I mean I like to have a few things around, you know, I've got I've got a couple of Star Wars things in, in my yeah, shelves. I've got, and... I've got some movie related Lego. And um... both both Genuine and counterfeit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm not criticizing it. If you get enjoyment from it, then great. But I don't understand the collecting phenomenon. I don't understand it at this point in my life. It doesn't make sense. Um, but uh, yeah, there we go. Cool. So hopefully, John, we'll be going through our deals and we'll find something. Yeah, we'll be able to sell it and make a fortune. That's <laughs> nice. <laughs> cool okay that's been Jump the Shark the pop culture podcast from the unheardmed.com I have been nine word point score <laughs> and scrabble and with me has been 16 point score John no triple point score under me unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember which of your letters is the highest score I think it might be the J was Z was Z always the highest? Was Z ten? Was Q ten? Q and Z, I think it's ten. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I don't know why I went with that. John, it's been a pleasure. As always. Take care. Bye. <laughs>